healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Uh, got a great little episode for you today. Now, we were originally going to be doing a uh, Halloween-ish episode. And, uh, look, life gets in the way, scheduling happens, and uh, and so we didn't get that together. So, look forward to, by the end of the year, uh, we're going to don a little musical costume and talk about uh, my favorite album of all time, Boston's Third Stage. Uh, but today we're going to do, do something a little different. Um, we talked to Mr. Aaron Abernathy about his album Dialogue uh, last week, two-part interview, up on the site now, out on the uh, on the airwaves. If you didn't tune in for that, I, I highly recommend you you listen to that. It's a it's a discussion about civil rights in uh, in, in 2017. The history of civil rights a little bit, uh, where we are from Aaron Abernathy's perspective, how this relates to his album Dialogue, and uh, it is, uh, to my mind, uh, a conversation that I think all of us need to hear, and more importantly, all of us need to have. And so, um, and I, I don't really say that about much of what we do down here. I think uh, this is fun. We, we've certainly hit on some important topics but uh but come on you know us we're not <laughs> not a facts-based podcast but that is, that one is actually facts-based but but today uh, we're sort of continuing on in this because all the correct moves that i think uh ab made on that album we see people trying to make in 2017 and and not really connecting jason isbell did this on his uh track white man's world on his latest album and otherwise pretty good album uh, but that uh we uh, you know, had, had some issues with it, and you can go back and listen to that episode now. And now Margaret Price has made a whole album about uh, what she sees as social issues. And and so while we're sort of reviewing the album, we are more talking about uh, how this interjects into this larger dialogue of what the fuck are we all going to do. And uh, it's important to note going into this that uh, look, I don't look, I don't like the album. I don't think any of us like the album partially because of, of it didn't achieve what it set out to do. But but consider this, that uh, that just because it didn't achieve it doesn't mean uh, she was not correct in making it. And, you know, it, these attempts and these voices are important, just as important as getting feedback on this and saying, hey, yeah, this is good that you attempted this. Uh, here's how maybe... You can like tighten up the conversation and focus, and that is a lot of what this conversation is about. So, uh, so that's what we're doing, and uh, it's about the clock's in about an hour fifteen. We're not going to play a track at the end of this, and uh, so if you're ready, head on down to the basement, have a very serious discussion about uh, Miss Margot Price's new album, All American Made. Oh, 
Check, 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 yeah, check. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, no, you know, to your Jesus Jones point, uh, I think we can all agree that they are uh, they're better than Super Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> this might be true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, let's con- be right. Let's consider. Let's consider here the facts. Um, I experienced it, all kinds of music in the nineties. Okay. Saw the Nirvana Revolution, the Grunge right. Revolution. Right, right, right. You know who I have two CDs of? Who? Jesus Jones. Mm. Yes. You know who I have no CDs of? It's Nirvana. Super Chunk. Super Chunk. <laughs> so, I mean... you have a single for Super Chunk? Uh, I don't think Slack Motherfucker came out on single. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if it, if it led to Merge, I guess something was yeah. going on there, right? Yeah. Probably get PJ up to talk about this. It'll be, uh, um, yeah, but we're not going to talk about Super Chunk. We're going to talk about country music again. Yes. Again. Country music the, in the, the house. the finest music in America in so, 2017. But we have maybe a, the only music in some people's version of America. Yes, it yeah. may be. But, uh, Mine. But, <laughs> but, but we have a slightly different panel for this because usually Eduardo's here and he's sadly suffering some food poisoning. I think he's still recovering from the Nats loss, but that's, that's just what I'm me. Thinking. That's what I'm thinking. It's just me. But uh, Mr. Zwern, welcome back. Hey, good to see I you. I know you've been. Thursdays are hard for you, so so this is this is a, this is a treat. And uh, when you said when he popped up in Slack, now that we're being productive, and we're like, I think I'll be there. I said, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Uh, so we've talked all year about country. We've talked about narratives. Uh, we've talked about pop country. EDM country, saving country music, social commentary country. We've we've done it all, and uh, and the artist we're talking about today, Margaret Price, um, has put out her new album, All American Made, which seems to want to ride the wave of a lot of that. Um, little little background on her. She is uh, she did grow up in the country in Alito, Illinois, which is sort of your near your home turf, right? The great Midwest. Yeah, the great Midwest. That's Fly over country. Uh, you know, played piano, sang in church, which is what people do and whatnot. Um, they, her and her husband moved to Nashville and started a band called Secret Handshakes, played political songs, and they also started a band called uh, Buffalo Clover, which got a little, got a little look. You know, I mean, yeah. the, thing, the thing you guys have to understand about Nashville is it's... There's there's a lot of great fucking bands. I so I just saw Tyler Childers at Songbird here in Washington D.C. Right, and Tyler Childers is the perfect example of a band that is good to uh, he'll he'll be really good someday, but good to like break out of Nashville because mm-hmm. in Nashville you're gonna go you're gonna have good fucking time. It's the best bar band you've ever seen because the one thing about Nashville is people do not fuck around. You do not get up in front of a crowd if you don't know your shit. Uh, generally, the people who are in the, who are in the songwriting machine uh, are some of the best writers on the planet, uh, bar none, I think. It's the, it's the last industry city for music in North America. Yeah. Mm. I, I would happily say that. I mean... At least it's turning out anything good. I mean, L.A., you could argue, is well, an industry city. LA, well, LA is, LA is a, a former industry city. Like, if you go to, to downtown L.A., there's nothing there but, like, you know... 
burning oil barrels and you know like <laughs> and 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 hipster like juice bars you've been watching streets of fire bro <laughs> probably <laughs> but, I mean, but i mean that's what it is you know it's like it's like and also koreatown like that's a, like that's kind yeah. of it you know like it's not what it was it's not you know god speak of something we'll speak of later it's not of the the, the era where laurel laurel canyon made itself apparent right at, at you know like the the troubadour but you've you know? been you've been out to la right no, I haven't. I've oh, never been to Los oh, Angeles. Never this been is Los fascinating. Okay, I've been, so, so this is I've fascinating. Been to, I've been to San Francisco. I've been to San Diego. I've never been to Los Angeles. So there's, going a, to very, Los Angeles, there's a very interesting thing about Laurel Canyon. I swear we're going to get to Morgan Price in a second here, kids. But it's related. But it is related. It's directly it, related. It, it, is, it is related. It's a very interesting thing. So because Los Angeles is in the whole spread out area going down to the ocean is kind of like a bowl, right? right. And and because it's you got the Hollywood Hills and that's yeah. what the canyon is. But when on the East Coast, when we talk about canyons, we don't, we don't because we got the Appalachians, yeah, right. And that's a very different thing. It's foresty. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's atmospheric out there. Like if you go out off the coast of Malibu and then like I got to cut back in, you literally are driving through this elevated area, right? Where that stuff that you would see in you would imagine in westerns. It's just right. It's very quickly undeveloped, but the Laurel Canyon scene is right where it rises up. Right. And so all yeah, the hipsters. I'm aware of that. I've yeah, never so been, the, but I'm aware hipsters, of that. But when, the... you, when, when you see it, you understand. Because right. you have all all the bullshit going on. You can see the Capitol Records building from everywhere. and then But you see how this rose up, and you can see how, because the roads wind, and it takes a while to get in there, and how, like, Hey, if you had enough drugs, man, you don't need to come down for a couple weeks. <laughs> that's and, exactly what happened. And and, and and look at the art that came out of that. Right. Right? You know, yeah. and, and you know, the venues that were on the, you know, not so much the Sunset Strip, but like on the on the fringes Just of down Los at Angeles. The bottom, right. Right, right. The canyon, right. Yeah, uh, uh, that led to that. So, uh that that aside, um that is not the tradition that uh Margaret Price has been uh, the cloth she has cut from, but I wouldn't be surprised if Somebody tried to pitch that at some point. Yeah, but they're but they're very similar. I feel again, these are things that we'll maybe dive into. But yeah, um, but but she's been compared to uh, types of Loretta Lynn, Tammy Wynette, and uh, and I, and I think a little bit of Dolly Parton. Before we start talking about this album, real quick, though, I want to give you guys a taste of what you're in for. This song is "Weakness." This is the first single off this. This is also she put on an EP earlier this year, which I quite liked, and that hurts. Right now, but uh, this is this weakness.
Madness uh, it, it first appeared on her EP earlier this year. It was out in July. It is now the lead-off single for, no surprise, of All American Made. Uh, you know, her her debut album, Midwest Farmer's Daughter, uh, was recorded at Sun Studio in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, engineered by the guy who did uh, people like Isabel, Chris Isaac, he's mm-hmm. done Zach Brown. Big, yeah. big, big Nashville guy. Of course. Uh, if you read around uh, the internet and stuff... You hear people say things like she is a staple in Nashville, that she is important uh, to to the scene, and uh, and just sort of one of those people that's just always been around for a couple of years. So when Midwest Former's daughter blew up, people were like really happy for her. I'll go on the record and say is like, I don't consider that a really good record. In a year that it came out, that we had really really good country records. Right. And look, it's not a competition, but there is. Uh, a level level of satisfaction that can be had, and um, I think where Margot Price really gets in trouble, definitely on this album, is is the narrative that Nashville or whoever is trying to spin out of this to try to sell music. And uh, as I explained to Michael earlier, uh, of why this type of thing occurs, because. You know, Nashville is the only people that are actually making money, right? Yeah. And so it is in their best interest to make money. So this ten billion dollars. Yeah. So so this crazy. so this whole narrative uh, that we've seen the past few years of saving country music, the outlaw, mm. the uh, you know, and, and which is, and even her press release, it's it's Sturgill Simpson, Jason Isbell. The problem is those guys are the furthest things from outlaws. That I mean, there's ever been, and this bumps up, and this is why I didn't care for Midwest Farmer's Daughter. It is pop country, it is polished country, it's certainly competent. Like put this up against any any pop going on or indie going on these days, and it is better work than that. But it doesn't resonate with me because I need in country to have a little. It has to have a soul to it. And and she's never really got that, and she doesn't get it here. Um, we go into, um, you know, she uses Willie Nelson on the song mm-hmm. "Learning to Lose," mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and and it should be mentioned that she's on Third Man Records, which right. for some people adds legitimacy. For for me, that almost guarantees I won't listen to it. <laughs> because, no, no, because look, Jack well, White had his thing with the White Stripes, and the White Stripes were fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And as a person. He is, I'm sure, like one of the great curators of the art of music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But his albums are not good. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, they're not, they're not good to people who need sophistication in their music. Right. And and when you're talking about this type of work, whether it's Americana, country, whatever you want to call it, I think you need that. So she brings in Willie Nelson on "Learning to Lose." And it, it it almost invalidates it because it doesn't it's it's a weird kind of cross singing. There's no, I, I don't know why he's there, which is the first time I've ever said that about anything on Willie Nelson. Like when, <laughs> when when he shows up at the end of Casey Musgraves' album, perfect, right? It's perfect. perfect. It's like this perfect. it's just like y'all know I know Willie Nelson. Well, I, yeah, we were talking about this before, yeah. so. So this, you know, from the Jack White thing to like the Willie Nelson uh, guest appearance, it's it's almost you know factory manufactured to be like, okay, this is going to be the country record that people who don't listen to country records are going to want to listen to because it conveys 
some sense of imagined authenticity that they're looking for. And I listened to this and I was like, okay, I'm not, I I don't think of it as a, it's not an authentic, you know, deeply rooted record. Well, it's also not a good suburban pop country record either, which is okay as a different thing. Right, right. Let's take a little sidebar here for, so before we get, step in it too deep. Let, let's, what is our idea of authentic? What does that even mean? I don't. I don't think it has a necessary, you know, connotation. But I just think that she's trying really hard. There's a lot of affect, I think, in the way that she sings, and mm. and that's okay. I mean, I do like Lucinda Williams, although she's got a huge amount of affect in the way she sings. Mm. Uh, but I didn't think either the songwriting or her. I mean, I think she's an okay. I think Margaret Price is an okay singer. I don't think she's a yeah amazing singer. Exactly. I think she's an okay singer. But I just wasn't blown away by very much of this, and I was a little surprised by how underwhelmed it was compared to all the the press that she gets from the m- venues that don't cover country music. I'm gonna, yeah, I was gonna add in something about this that um, it's it's I think it's it's it, it's befitting of the record. Um, like country's expanding again. Um, country's big in London. Mm-hmm. Country's big in. Manhattan, mm. country's big in Los Angeles. Oh, it's been big in Australia. Right, country's big in, but country's big in places where yeah, like everything's big in Japan. Right, <laughs> but I mean, country's big in places where like the chain smokers are big, right. and where like Fifty Cent was big <laughs> fifteen years ago, and like the replacement for like the Fifty Cent record in like if there was a Tower Records and still in Times Square, mm, yeah. the replacement for the Fifty Cent record. In the, t- in the Tower Records of Times Square is the Margot Price record now, mm. which means that, like, you, for the, for the sake of authenticity, what you're trying to do is that you're trying to now play to the most, like, milk toast and pedestrian of expectations <laughs> of country music, which is literally, it's kind of folky, it's kind of twangy, Willie Nelson suddenly shows up out of nowhere, yeah. and she's a woman. Like, and that's just kind of like the gloss over at the end. Right. Like, she has right. a vagina. Did you know that? Well, that's important. It, I mean, it, I mean, it is important because uh, one thing I, I hadn't noticed before even talking about this album was that, like, you have now, um, since Isbell has uh, broken the Saving Country music seal, <laughs> everybody they're pushing is women. Yeah. And, you know, we just had a talk. It'll come out after this, I think, about... Uh, sexual harassment and sexism in the music industry. And this plays right into it. And, and, you know, according to, if you read the New York times article, Margaret Price is no, nobody's fool. And I, and I should say right now for anybody who's like, Oh man, you guys hate on everything. I do think she is very sincere in her efforts in this. Mm-hmm. I think she really is giving it a try. I think much like, and and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Um, what happened on Jason Isbell's White Man's World? Yeah, happens on this in a in a far worse way. <laughs> like, I, there's, I did no. not think it was possible to to create a more well intentioned, out of touch song in 2017. But Margaret Price did it. Um, but but that that having been ever. said, like good intentions don't really matter there people if you, if you consider scenes and consider like this idea that she is important to the Nashville scene I do believe that and I can totally see that uh, scenes require people that are 
uh, enthusiastic, a certain level of energy, and and they they move around, and yeah, they are good musicians. Right. They, no, w- at no point are we saying like, "Gosh, she sucks." No. Like, but 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 you know, they aren't the. Uh, if you're going to be saving country music, you have to be the best. It yeah. has to be the the absolute best thing that you have heard that year by anybody. Right. And and time after time after time, what the press? I'll put this. I don't. I, I don't know if I want to go all the way back to Nashville. But what the press is feeding us on this is false. And in this, it's certainly false. She did it. I, I didn't hear, it, but you did the the uh, mm-hmm. conversation with Ann Powers, which I, I'm guessing, uh, judging by most of her stuff, I respect Ann Powers, but a lot of fluff. And uh, uh, I mean, she, she she talks to people that she wants to. Yes. Fluff up. Fluff I mean, yeah, it up right. She's right. in Nashville. She wants to, you know, give some respect to her neighbor, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. So she's unabashedly a fan, and that's fine. I, I like Ann Powers, too. And, um, uh, I, you know, but, yeah, so she's sort of fawning a little bit at Margot Price. And I I was listening to that, and I was like, you know, you're giving this woman a lot of, a lot of credentials and a lot of yeah. respect that I'm not sure her music justifies. Right. I'm not saying it's bad music. I'm just thinking it's not worth the hype that it's been getting. It's, right. And that's what, that's a, exactly, that. that's what I was working towards. Yeah. There's a thing with scenes where like, okay, so like every scene becomes a bigger scene at some point. <laughs> so like, this is what's happening in Nashville to me. It's like, okay, so Nashville's becoming like a global music power, which is, and it's this, you know, the, the largest narrative in the room about country music is that Nashville is like the least likely ever musical superpower city ever. Mm. Like in the in the case of like, it's not New York, it's not L.A., it's not Chicago, it's not it's not traditionally what it should be. Like as far as like, you know, music industry, powerful city. But there it is. And now like you're trying to and now Nashville is trying to in, inject interject itself into larger national conversations. And the hardest part about this is that you're still, you're dealing with singers and songwriters who probably haven't played on enough songs for enough time to understand the nuance in, in lyric and the nuance in, in music I mean, as well. I mean, that, that's, uh, it's a thing that, it's a thing that I worries your, me I, with this album. I, I, I see your point. There's, but that's it, assuming a lot of things about, about musicians right, that but, that we have no way of knowing. No, I know, but I, I, I think just, a be, I think a better way of saying that yeah. is that their their worldview is, uh, or as I put to you earlier today, uh, they're kind of anti woke. Yeah, so that's what it is. <laughs> it's okay. So that's what it is. So you're not able to like dive in and say, okay, I want to hit on this thing, and I, or I want to write this lyric that way because you just don't know. So there's so it's a well-intentioned album. Like that's the one thing I will say about this album mm-hmm. is that it is well-intentioned. The intent to say the right thing is more than apparent. Now whether or not the right thing is said that I believe like Kevin well, that it is not <laughs> said here. But and that's the hardest part of it. It and, is the hardest part of it. And and, and let's get to that right now and then cuz uh, I think what we'll do cuz we we've been sort of shitting on this a little bit. Yeah, well, I was trying to. I was just literally trying to not shit on it. I know, it's I know, really I know. Well I, I know you were, but but let's just get it out of our system. Yeah, and and go on uh, to play a little bit of this on Pay Gap, and then we're gonna come back and talk about it, particularly two lyrics that uh, <laughs> Marcus. I'm just gonna let you address, and after yeah. you hear him, you'll you'll understand. I'll, I'll go in. No problem. Breaking my back, trying to bring home a check, working my fingers to the bone. 
constitution and dead revolution is giving young women abuse. Hey, gal, hey, gal, why don't you do the math? Okay, no. y'all just heard that. Let me, let me, um, no. the song is fine because look, we know in America right now there is a pay you're gap. You're paying 80%, 80% what men get? 77? 77. Yeah, 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 to the dollar, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, inaccurate song because you're ripping dollars in half. That's, mm-hmm. that's not. The math is wrong. The math <laughs> is wrong, man. You'd be ripping a dollar three My, quarters of the way. We're, we're joking because we have to cushion the blow for this because. Uh, if you just listen to our interview with Ab, we talk about uh, not just uh, privilege, white privilege, um, but we also talk about class privilege. And we all can agree, and, and this is correct, that in many situations, maybe in all, like women are still maybe the, uh, uh, one and a half citizen. Yeah. Yeah, in America. But you, sir, are black. I am indeed black. And when you say something as a white woman who is signed to Jack White's label, (laughs) who is in Nashville, who is on The Tonight Show, who is on Saturday Night Live, who is is at the pinnacle of, of media, like... Women do work and get treated like slaves since 1776. It's not true. It's patently or, false. But in the eyes of rich white men, they're more than a maid to be owned like a dog, a second-class You're, citizen. I just want to introduce her to Harriet Tubman. Oh. Like, that's what I want to do. Okay, so go. Like, we'll start with that. Um, okay, so... All right, so I'll start with this from the musical standpoint of how this is wrong, and then we'll get to the race point because it's like two separate points. Okay, number one. So like, um, I didn't know there was a music point. I, there is a I, music I quite point like to this. I know, okay, so the musical point is that Loretta Lynn uh, has two songs, "Rated X" and "The Pill," which are which at the time were these like revolutionary songs for women because it you know created a space for their unique voices to be heard in a largely male dominated space, and the songs were written so well and sang so well and sang. As well, with a hint of irony all over them, to the point where men had to stop and nod their heads and say, "You know what, woman, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. I I have to respect that." None of that is present in this song. No, no. There's this none song. Of it. The, the problem is, and this is one of these things about like, okay, so it's the same problem also with chefs in DC, where <laughs> you open up like a hundred million new restaurants. 
but you don't have 100 million great chefs. Yeah. So right now in Nashville, there's like a bunch of people writing songs. I mean, are you talking about podcasting too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, everything. You launch a thousand podcasts, right. but y'all ain't got nothing to say. Right. So there's like a hundred great songwriters, like truly great songwriters yeah. who understand nuance and power in songwriting in Nashville. One of these people did not write this song. <laughs> <laughs> like, in no way right. did that person touch this well, song. No. I don't think that person read this song because they would have had some good advice to share. Well, on that. Yeah. And, and, and in the New York Times interview, they talked with uh, her manager, which is also Jack White's manager, ah. and saying about the songs. And they were specifically talking about this song and saying, yeah, we just stay out of her way. She says she you know, we trust her. She's saying, no, somebody fucking edit this somebody shit. Somebody in the room. Because... I can't, like, of all we've talked about this year and all the narratives and stuff, if the narrative comes down to that Trump has ruined us so fucking bad that we're okay being like, you know what? Women women are more important than slavery and, and treating yeah, black so, people and kids. Nothing of that, none of that is yeah, good. So we, here's, we the, know here's that. the race narrative as, as, the guy, as the guy in the room who, who did the big old black people and feeling weird about country music article that people like yeah. right now. It's, it's a thing. It's off it's awfully strange because people didn't expect it because I'm, I'm the rap fight in the show notes dude don't just yeah, I'm get the to rap, the point no i'm the rap guy and i'm the the edm guy and all of a sudden i'm the country guy and they're like how like <laughs> you know this you know i love country so in any event um you can't there's two things in country music that you cannot mention as a white person hmm. with black people being now in your room Mm. You cannot mention slavery, uh-huh. <laughs> <No sir>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you cannot. You, I mean, you cannot mention slavery, and uh, you cannot mention any sort of 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 classism that inspires servitude or second class nope. citizenship. You just cannot. These are things that are not allowed anymore. Like you know, Jason Isbell can't say white man's world. Margot Price can't do pay gap. You just can't. Mm-mm. Like you, well, well, you. Here's the thing: Could she have done a song about pay gap without having to make it, dragging it into that mire okay. that she pulled it so into? This, so yes, she could have. So, so, so this gets to the other point that I told Kevin earlier, and I'll just knock this one out right oh. now. Um, Caucasian people who make country music need not attempt to make their Kendrick Lamar record. <laughs> yep. Like this is, and it's a real thing. It's a real no, thing. She said, "If I I have a lot of social concerns, and if I don't say it now." I, I would I would be feel horrible if I was dead here's, and it, I never made this thing. And, and that's a, that's from the New York Times yeah. article. I don't that's not the exact quote. But the problem with her saying that is that what she's talking about is not what the people of this country are actually facing. No, so the the problem is is okay, so like not everybody can be Kendrick Lamar. But everybody wants to be Kendrick Lamar. Understand right. this. Like the Bimba Butterfly didn't change like people it changed the tenor of the industry because artists who have power in their scenes are all demanded by their scenes Mm. to stand up and say the words i i I don't think so much that but that's what i feel like in this case that's part of it especially that's part of it but i but i think more it it said if you're gonna do if you're gonna talk about this there's always this divide like it's just entertainment or, you know, but if you're going to step into the social responsibility pool, right? Like what Kendrick did is say, this is how you do it. Right. You have to go all in. Yes. It is not, it is not a fad. It is not a thing to sell <laughs> records. It is not a thing to show a different side of you. You either make an entire record that says, 
fuck what's going on right. now or you don't. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's like and the thing is, is that a lot of the record is like benign and milk toast, And then she <laughs> jumps out and says, pig up. And you're just like, nah, nah, nah. Like, that's not even cool. Like, you, you got like, chill out. Bring it down like a hundred notches. And this is horrible because, like I said, this is a pink app is a serious problem, right? Like, but that's and, the, but that's the thing. Again, speaking about nuance. And if there's some, writing. if there's some Midwest like white woman Let's, listening to this who doesn't give a fuck about you hmm. because right. she voted for Trump, and is like, yeah, girl. And that gets her a sale. Right. And so, does Margaret Price care about that? I don't think no, she does. No, I don't does. think she does. Okay, so even further, then is to talk about Dolly Parton doing 9 to 5, uh-huh. which again yeah. is another song that the tongue is all the way in the cheek <laughs> oh, yeah. in 9 to 5. Like, it's all the way in the cheek oh, because... Not... You want to come over and watch that this weekend? <laughs> Man, that'd be awesome. But no, so that's the thing is that Margot Price, also when you look at the cover of this album with like the uh-huh. the, 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 the the elk on the cover oh, yeah. and like this kind of like are, elk. are they pa- buffalo i think they're i think they're bison bison, bison? okay so yeah. they're bison on this cover and it's like a pastoral scene and uh-huh. she's like mm. faded into the scene well she actually looks like she's wearing something that's sort of quasi cultural appropriation yeah, native american. Native american. Kind of like native yeah. american like fringe jacket thing happening so again like it's not tongue-in-cheek and but, if you're yeah. gonna make this record you have to make it like ever so slightly if you're going to go in that direction yeah. of like saying all these ridiculous things that are absolutely patently absurd, not true, um, you have to be willing to be like, yeah, I get that what I'm about to say is going to be slightly offensive, but understand in the larger context of the world, this is how I feel about it. And that I feel that it is akin to this. So you have, but you, yeah, but, but, and, and, but that's, but that's a hard song to write. <laughs> yeah. Like, there is only one Loretta Lynn in the whole entire world. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And she had five kids. And so, like, so for her writing The Pill, pill. she had five kids. Yeah. So this was, like, the most logical record for her to write, because she's like, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. So to this point, this is a song that she doesn't even know about. Yeah. Literally, it's like, I'm going to write a song about a thing that I know... Yeah, too, I'm sorry, I get excited. But, um, <laughs> it, this is so... Like, okay, so White Man's World was like one level of like anger. It brought like a level of like, I, if I saw Jason Isbell on the street, we fight. Like he and I. Well, and, well, and also, but with this, and also, I'm just incredulous. To, I'm back like, up, to back up to that and draw the clear line between that and this, is like the problem with White Man's World is that it spoke from a place of privilege. And even though it it acknowledged in the words, were sort of saying, like, acknowledging the privilege. Sim- just the way he talked about it did not acknowledge the privilege at all. No, it didn't. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't. My children, like, really, you, really Yeah, <laughs> you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't have that. And this may be a response to that. Like, if she's lumped in with the same group, I'm assuming yeah, she, it's... she knows him. And, and it's the same, just... Not looking around and asking somebody in the fucking room, like, is this okay? Because there's <laughs> because uh, uh, these are things that I know now, now having written this piece and people reach out, like, thanks to everybody who's listening to this podcast, I hope, yeah. that has reached out to me since I've written this piece and are black people who have jobs in country music, because y'all are all awesome. But um, the thing that I've learned is that there are no black people in Nashville right. with any sort of stroke. 
And this is worrisome to me because all these kids want to do, just like Margot Price said, they all want to write R&B songs hmm. yeah. that, that have country twang to them because it's the only way that they can like make attempt to make a rap record hmm. without just being trapped out like Florida Georgia Line because, you know, nobody <laughs> yeah. wants to be those guys. But, you know, it's uh, like... That, they're doing okay for themselves. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, they, but they own that entire space. So you can't get into their space and be like, we're going to make bro country EDM raps well, too. Let me, because uh, Mike, I think you got something to say, but I want to I want yeah. to um, jump off to a, a track that is actually uh, in what we're talking about. And it's not, this is not a... Uh, stay in in your lane type of music, but it is this song gave me gives me hope that the somewhere in here there was a good album, <laughs> and 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 this song uh, I think you'll agree with this. Mike. To hell, it's, it's, this is this is one of them. Good intent. Uh, this is a little pain. Levon Helm. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this, yeah. this is a way, and, and you know, there is a lot of this where the last song she uh, reaches out to the dearly departed Tom Petty mm. uh, in in lyric, and this is talking Levon Helm, uh, and so she's trying to tap into her tradition, and in that, I think she does a little, and I and I think that this song in particular veers into a, a weird direction because she is being labeled as. Uh, saving country music, and that is not her fault, and, and that's all. That's all media, and and this says that maybe she's doing something a little different, and maybe that's what is resonating with people that didn't. If you describe country, if you describe a record to me as country. I'm not gonna. I, I want a country record. This is not. I mean that that is moving more towards a little, uh, a little more soulful stuff. Well, I mean, and and you know, Levon Helm was soulful for a you know, yeah, given his background and the fact that the band were mostly Canadian, he was soulful mm-hmm. as in like the noun, exactly. Like he is defined soulful. Yes. <laughs> so uh, this was the song that I was like, you know, this could be a really pretty good record. Nothing else, you know, jumped out the same way, and some of them, you know, offensively bad, and that particular lyric on the, the previous song. So I really liked Little Pain, and I was thinking, oh yeah, the, I could really see how this would work for her. I liked the way that she had the keyboard section at the end that went really well, and I liked the bass line in the song, which I thought was there was a lot of playfulness in the in the music behind this, and I thought it also 
was well matched for her singing style. I didn't think that um, I didn't think the weakness was quite. A, I mean, I know you liked it, Kevin. I didn't think that her voice had quite the the power that I wanted on that. Well, no, this one it went doesn't, well. It doesn't at all. This one I think was the right match. You know, the music, the singing, the the lyric was the right the right fit for her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about an artist very similar, I think, to her that people aren't necessarily comparing, but uh, Natalie Hemby. Yeah, yes. um, that and little dip back into the narratives discussion, and what we ultimately landed on with Natalie Hemby is that, like, if she's writing for other people mm-hmm. and writing with this, other yeah. people, it's it works. Given her own thing, whether or not, and interestingly enough, she wrote a whole album, Puxico, about her hometown that that felt authentic. It was just like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I am not feeling this. And, and Margot Price seems to be trying to straddle this line of authentic, authenticity and playing into the pop country market so that she gets on the late show. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame anybody for like hustling, man. Mm-hmm. I mean that 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 is the hustle and stuff. But it, I'm I'm curious as to after seeing all this press, if she reads it and believes it. Because if if she believes the press about herself and listen legitimately listens to her own album like that's kind of problematic and and uh you know there's a song you like cocaine cowboys uh, oh god i love cocaine cowboys it's <laughs> it's like everything that i love about country music cuz like what's what's funny is like i tend to travel in a circle now when i talk about country with other people who these are the people who are i always talk about manhattan country cuz all my friends who really mm-hmm. love country right now all live in Manhattan. They all live on the Upper East but Side. They, but but they love pop country. Oh right? yeah, no, but they, they they tell you that they like the real stuff. <laughs> but the real stuff is this now. No, 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 no. Because they have they now have for their record player all mm-hmm. of the Outlaw Country albums. <laughs> what, what? Like like the 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 Chris Christopherson is like sitting next to the okay. to the player, and they're playing me the Chris Christopherson record, and they're like. Yeah, this is this is the stuff, right, Marcus? Right, like Waylon Merle. All yeah, that. all of that, okay. all the outlaws. Okay. okay, every Look, single and, one of them, and that's the root of it. And, and then, and, and then they they get a record like this. Yeah, and it's just enough similar to that, where people who don't have a nuanced ear to this, because mm. most people who listen to country right now. Who are not in Nashville and around this, or in like the Midwest flower states, right. who country is like their dominant genre, like more so than any other genre of music, don't have a nuanced ear for it. And again, I talk about nuance because nuance is everything with pop music. Like there's like a very slim line between like a, a butt trash pop song and like a song that sells eight, 10 trillion copies and becomes part of the American sure. canon. And that's the problem right now is that like, on this album, the thing that keeps this album from being great is that it lacks all nuance. Like, the yeah. songwriting just, like, smacks up against the wall. I guess what makes Cocaine Cowboys, like, great but terrible at the same time. Let's hear a little bit of that so we can hear your point here, because I, I agree with completely with that, but it's Cocaine Cowboys. Don't plant the seed 
Anything to be angry about uh, Urban Cowboy? There was nothing to because it's fucking awesome. It's a great movie. So, I agree. So you know, you this song is is literally about I can't stand that people want to buy my records in markets that I don't define. That aside, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but she, she will play this song in concert. That aside, that aside, that, that aside. It, no, it's a great song. It's a fun song, and and, and I guess this is this is also the point. Is that this is all like it's so, it's so fucking competent, so benign, <laughs> and and very rarely uh, you see flashes of of what this artist is capable of, and I I just can't understand what's going on behind the scenes. That this, look, you guys, I mean, you know me more, mm-hmm. than Michael, but this should be like right rarely in my wheelhouse but this is literally two bad albums for me and i can't like continue to even like i i want her out there as do she's doing the good work she's trying and if it turns people over to we talked about why upstairs why people don't like country music (laughs) right and the reason is is just because it's again all these motherfuckers voted for trump margaret price you made an album in in Read the New York Times review. Read your own responses. You made an album celebrating the people that voted for Trump. Those struggles. So, Those struggles don't matter in 2017. And that might be a little harsh, but but look, but but she's out there like this again. Back to what we started in the beginning. It's so well intentioned, and it and it's so competent, and it's so like you want it to be this thing, and the way narratives work in 2017 is that instead of wanting to be this thing and saying, nah, it's not that thing. We just go ahead and give it a pass. Okay. So there's this thing, um, that this song is the, um, I'm in Miami bitch <laughs> of country music. Yeah. Okay. So one of the, I, I, I downloaded for, for decades, nightclub that I helped create, um, this, uh, pack of versions of I'm a Miami bitch that LMFAO made in like 2011 when that song came out <laughs> with literally like 137 radio markets <laughs> inserted with the name where, where Miami was. This You could do the exact same thing with this song where she says L.A. and Seattle. Mm-hmm. You could be like San Jose and Portland. But, that, but that's a country tradition. That's, 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 a, that's a thing you throw in a song. As a songwriter, as, as the fun song at the end of the night, because you're gonna be to- you're gonna be touring nonstop. And to her credit, she actually does. She does. She has the miles mm-hmm. 
underneath her. Right. Like, so this is not. But, when, not you're, but when you're trying to make like the message album. Right, right. Like you can't, yeah. you can't put the, the, the cornball like sing along song in there. Like mm. you just can't like it. It's, it's, we're at a point with country where you can't conflate like success or like like success in audience development with like trying to make a statement like these you have to keep these things very separate like if you wanted to release an ep of like message songs mm. go ahead that would have been a great idea then you release the album that's like this is just kind of generally what i do and now and that would have been the great yeah. separation point but instead you get this like commingling of like garbage stuff there's just kind of like stuff that sits around and is like the thing you do just do a thing so that the crowd is like yeah just have a hometown and then there's like serious message song and you're like yeah i mean i mean you've got you've got songs like so we listen to a little pain you got no more fast wild women is <sighs> whatever it's it's, it's a it's a pistol annie's throwaway oh well <laughs> Um, but, but but yeah, and it's it, and I love the pistol ladies. At it, that. And it's not it 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 is a statement about a very important thing, but it's not an original statement. And it's it so it all feels sort of like marketed and focus grouped, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then you get to like do right by me, and she recorded this at Sun Studios in Memphis. And yeah. girl, don't ever put a choir, a black choir on your on your songs again. Mm -hmm. Because, or a white choir, or a brown choir, or yeah, or a red choir. Just there, no choir. There's a difference between wanting to be a soul singer and being a soul singer. And again, I admire the experimentation. I admire the uh, intent of this whole thing. But that is like if if the slavery line didn't turn you on. <laughs> The, the black choir, right, right. The, <laughs> Hard the, the, air the, the like nobody in that room had ever heard a choir, and it, and it just like, and and yet it'll be written up, it'll be written about as in like you really worked soul into this album by people who are driving the narratives who have to sell the records, which is none of her fault. Yeah, not, none of nothing, her fault. Like, yeah, I'm sure as a um, person, she's a perfectly then, wonderful human being. But I will say this: it might be her fault because if you get to All American Made. Which honestly, I don't know what the fuck this song is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's it's supposed to have a, a a big big white screen behind it. Yeah, no, I That's, agree. I agree with that. And it's like it's like the U two Zoo TV yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's I, all I, I when I, I heard mean, the I, sound I, clips. I know, I know, I know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> but what it is is a weird polemic about just basic platitudes using voice of Barack Obama behind it to somehow say I I don't know. <laughs> I I mean so true. if if I were in a if I were in a different mood, I would say, girl, you made a racist fucking song. <laughs> Barack's your black friend? Really? He's everybody's black friend. But for eight years. But again, it, this gets into, and it sounds like we're well, we are slamming on the album. <laughs> it's that, but, she tried so hard. But she tried so hard. But this is what I'm saying. It's like the intentions are so good, and I don't know what to do with that because I what I want to see from her is I I, I want to see people 
like actually think about this album and then take a look and be like, Margo, you're better than this. Fucking like step up. New- and 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 I'm not even gonna say maybe she's not. Cause it dude, you, the intention bleeds out of this man. <laughs> it you know it. Like you, I said, you feel like it. I even said, you feel it. I feel it. Like I you said, you heard that slavery line and it's just like, oh girl, you almost had it. Right. Like that's what I said. Like it's again it's this is the key of like okay, so I'm of the belief and I've said this a million times on this podcast and I've said it a million more, that uh, country music is the best genre in the world this year. Yeah. Like by a a, a country mile. Even, it is even without Lori McKenna right. stepping into the play. Right. Like it's not even fair. Like country has the the best players, the best songwriters, the best melodies, the best choruses, the best pre hooks, the best whatever whatever standard by which we judge great music. Country's beating everybody by, again, a country mile. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. But the problem with this album and the problem with that country's running into is that you're not getting... Okay, so, like, when soul music was a thing, you had Detroit, which was different from Chicago, which was different from Memphis, which was mm-hmm. different even from Muscle Souls, which was different from Miami, which was different from L.A., which was different from Seattle. Yeah. There's only one place, or two, two, it's like three places... We're really good countries being made right now. Like three. You know, like like there's that, that Austin area. There's that, Nash- there's that Nashville area. And then there's that L.A. thing that's happening. Like three areas. And there's a... Cons- Sam Outlaw. Right. That guy. That guy. For but, president. I know. But yeah, so like there's three places. So there's songwriters that are like based out of three very specific places that are like writing all the songs mm-hmm. and then all these artists are all kind of like commingling in three spaces yeah. so you don't have that big like shift and travel and people staying together like in soul like do you soul as an example like the chitlin circuit existed so you would have to yep. literally be on the road every single night seeing different crowds and organically developing your craft. Not getting paid. Mm, right. Getting, yeah, getting, getting pistol whipped. Getting, yeah. ripped, getting, getting off shot. By, yeah, getting ripped right. off by your management. None of that happens here. <laughs> no. It's it's like the most benign, again, words I've used earlier, but I'll use again, benign and milk toast. It's like... So, so wait, Marcus, so you say there are only three places where country songwriters are working and like working it's, all, it's all running through those you know three places. So is it just too homogenized at this point? Way too homogenized. So you're not, you're not sensing, you know, there's supposed to be some degree of, uh, you know, get to that overused word, authenticity that the people are, you know, roots, they're, they have their roots, they're rooted in their place and sense of place is really big in country music. And it, it is now more or less a fallacy because it's all being routed through a couple of yeah. songwriting capitals, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're all buying and selling each other's songs. And, you know, you try this one. No, it doesn't work for your voice. You try, <laughs> you try something else. So, you know, she's that Midwest farmer's daughter, as her record title says, but, you know, it's all coming through the same shops. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, it, and it's to the, like— Well, they, they would tell you that, that, like, this is outside that. This is her not using the shops, but, but she's— in the industry, so it's clearly like going through like people who are like, yeah, yeah. yeah who you who released this record again? Their man, yeah, Jack White. So it's like, so I think that the thing that I want to see is I wish that Margot Price. I, I would love to see like, like you sat on this couch, like a guy like Aaron Abernathy, if he yeah. decamped for like six months to <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee, and just sat in a room, yeah, with like every other person that like writes songs right now. Like, if you're a great, like, to me, I, and I'll implore using the mic, like, it's a person. 
um, I'll implore all of the great songwriters to like go to Nashville or go to LA or go to Austin and just like sit with these people and give them some, some, I mean, cause you're going to make money by the way. Like that's the other key. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make money. Like you'll be way. okay. Like you're not going to like starve doing this. It's not a, that is not the game. Like go down there and to expand people's perception because all the, because the thing is that all these people are listening to their records. Yeah. That's like the crazy part of it is like Margot Price is like, I want to be a soul singer. It'd be pretty funny if like an actual breathing soul singer just showed up and was like, Mavis. Right. If, if Mavis just walked in the room and If you wanted was, to be a soul singer, all you had to do was literally, Jack White is the guy who right. runs your label. Reach out right. to Mavis and get her on the fucking album. Right. And <laughs> I guess that's what actually is the fair thing. So, so I, I want to say this, too, because we have to address this about ourselves. Uh, not so much you, Michael, but me and Marcus. We have been begging... For yeah. this type of attempt all year, this type of politics, this type of of branching out, this type of doing all this stuff. So, I mean, what does this say? Are, like, are we talking about a truly bad album or are we just like it, coloring it with disappointment over that it's not as good as we it's wanted it to be? Album, okay. yeah. okay. <laughs> it's a bad album. Not going to lie. It's a bad album. Like, because... It's written too literally. But you know what I'm saying, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I totally yeah. understand that. And it's like the thing I had to argue, like, argue, stress and argue with myself mm-hmm. about this record. Like, I'm like, is, again, is it really, is it, it, could it be like that I'm just waiting for something and I'm not hearing it and that's why right, I'm flagging it? Right. And I'm like, actually, let me like sit and listen to this record, mm-hmm. like as like an impartial observer, which I, which I will do on occasion. Just that's how I, that's how I grew to like the chain smokers, for instance, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, objectively, they, they, you know, for like their audience. They're nailing what their audience wants. I like, thought they just put a chip in you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I mean, like, in this case, like, all of the songs are written so cleanly. Yeah. Like, the level of, okay, so, like, I also get this sense, not that I even know, but I get this sense that, like, because they've reached this point as an industry, as a genre, it's the same thing that happened to rap in the early 90s when rap made their first big infusion of cash. And all the songs suddenly became really, 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 really generic. And it was like, even like the West Coast, like gangster rap, mm-hmm. murder, death, kill songs, all literally were like, I woke up, I grabbed my gat, then I killed 100 people, then I smoked the blunt, <laughs> then I drank a 40, then I went to bed. I, you need to, <laughs> I, sort of, I, I might edit that into the Radiohead voice, like, get her happier, more productive, woke up. <laughs> Okay, blonde. Yeah, exactly. Grab my gat. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, but that's because that's what happens when you make money is that you lose yeah. the whole like intention of the music that you're making because you're right. like, oh, well, we could mass produce this one song like a hundred times and make like ten trillion dollars. Let's do that and let's lose all nuance out of like the the process of writing a song. Let's not make any of this stuff unique or have any sort of like place location or humanity yeah. let's like look at this as like a bottom line because well it's money and it's green and it doesn't grow on trees <laughs> so let's get it you know like that's what i feel like and i feel like that this record falls into that like for sure like if for you sure. if if she if she wrote this record when she was still a struggling singer songwriter and was like broke and trying to make it it would be one kind of record because she wouldn't make pay gap because there would be no reason for her to make it mm-hmm. because it wasn't, she wasn't at that level as a, as a person 
in in the genre to be like, hey, I want to write a song about. But that's where the well, let me but let me make, let me let me make sure I understand your statement. Yeah, she wouldn't make pay gap that bad. No, or mm. she wouldn't make pay gap. Period. Like pay gap. Period. Because pay gap to me sounds like the kind of song that you make when you're like actually trying to stand up and take a stand. Yes. for women. Yes. Like, if you don't have that... Not on a, your second album. Right. But not... Well, of course. I mean, but all, all Nashville all happens in a vacuum anyway. No, I mean, on your first album. Right. Yeah. On you come out the gate, this is who I am. Right. This is... I am making no compromises. This is what I'm going to do. Right. And here you go. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah, but huh. now it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to make this record because I'm going to hit number one and I want to be the, the the leader in my you know industry in my industry city and i have to sing this song i have to make this song i have to put this song into the world because so that, this is that song is the equivalent of having a diversity committee in your in your in your corporate mm -hmm. yes, headquarters of course we have to do that because that's the and, right thing to do for our target demographic right and and to reference our ourselves uh recently the the uh wonderful Aaron Abernathy interview this is in part 1 uh, where he defends future mm -hmm. yep this is very different than what uh, Ab said at that point. The reason he defends Future is because, as a black man, yeah. Future uh, is just disadvantaged from the get-go, period. Yep. And so if there is a bag of money on the table as a black man, Taking money. you take it. Yes. This is not talking about somebody who had a farm. You have to have a, you have to have a farm to lose a farm. Exactly. I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't. I mean, You're already, as the evidence presented, like doesn't know the difference between uh, suffrage and slavery, <laughs> and uh, no, and yeah. So that <laughs> there there are there's lots of room for improvement here. So, so hold on. Would this record have been better if she tried to, you know, omit all the social commentary and simply make a decent country music yes. record? Yes, yes, so, 110%. So, so she she reduces, you know, she's got to lower her, her intentions, reduce her intentions, no. and, and not reduce the intentions, you know, but the, the subject matter. You gotta, no. You, no, no, no. She has to do the subject matter better. Okay, so fair point. So if she, the thing is, I feel like we're we're pointing out all of this, you know, this this high road she attempted to take with her good intentions, trying to be, you know, you know, hit on these issues that are genuinely important, and and she executed very very poorly on some of them, and so we're rightly critiquing her for that terrible execution. Mm -hmm. But you know, if she doesn't touch on that topics, you know, it's a less distinctive product as a as a country record. But maybe it's overall better. But it doesn't have those, you know, egregious moments there. Yeah, it's it's like that thing where, like, like Sunny Sweeney, for instance. Uh huh. Yeah, which, like, who, who we all saw. Yeah, in Washington. and her, like, who still has not disavowed herself of the NRA. So right. I, I that's too funny. That. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like it's like okay. So like you know, like her record is great, and it touches on like issues that are not political and not like you know like benign. It's like, like it's personal. And it and it hits on stuff that is. But here's the thing, dude. It's connected. not hard to write a political song. Apparently, it is. Apparently, actually, apparently, apparently, it is the hardest thing. Like if you're trying to make a political, a socially conscious statement, 
I guess it's the hardest thing in it's, the world. It's literally because, the hardest thing to because do. Because let's lay it out for this. Like uh, for people who don't do policy, and I don't do policy, but my lady does, and so I, I know how this is done. Michael, you know the speak. You know the speak as well, yeah. Marcus. When when you have an idea, you have to look at your idea, and then from there, it's like concentric circles out. Like, does this impact this? Does this impact this? Does this impact this? And before that idea gets presented to literally anyone. Mm-hmm. You have, it's not testing, it's just seeing what the impact is. Mm-hmm. Because words have impact, songs have impact. These are not esoteric ideas, these are not intangible ideas. If you're talking about a pay gap, then you're talking about a thing that we need to solve in this country, in the world. And if you can't get it right, then... You do more harm, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that the the saddest part about all of this is that, like, we had a real chance in 2017. It's almost coming to a close. Yeah. Oh. To write, like, 100 great Donald Trump songs. I don't think we did, though. But we wrote zero. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the real, like, sad some I th- void of the year. I think what we're finding is, is that what he really sucked out of everything was the ability to do that. Nobody knows what to do. Because you're like, mm. I'm just going to say shit balls. And that's why as, 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 as much as it sounds like I'm hating on this album, like again, I am in her corner. I want to see what this person does, but dude, like you can blame it on Donald Trump. He <laughs> Fuck no, shit. No, up. you can because and Not you know it's even and you know it's even worse. <laughs> what's even worse is that next year we're gonna have women trying to write the Harvey Weinstein song, which is gonna get like even like more like awkward. Yeah, but you should listen to all those. No, I mean you should. But <laughs> they're good. I mean, but there's I don't gonna know where be you're going with this. There's <laughs> gonna be like like okay, so on a level of songwriting, there's gonna be mm. a lot of songs that are like men are bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the equivalent. Okay, fine, uh, and that's I, cool. I, that's fine, but it's but it does, but what does that say for like what that says? Nuanced what, quality what, songwriting. What, what that says is a six-year-old little girl who's listening has a fucking tight beat and is just saying, "Men are bad. Men are bad." Oh, that's gonna men happen. Bad. There's a trap song and, about this. It's gonna look, be amazing. And, and as three men sitting in this room, I think we can all agree. Yeah. No, I. You I, need I, to hear that. Yeah, but I'm just like, oh my god, like I'm I'm. I'm wondering about like the level of ear fatigue yeah, that sure. we're gonna have. Not about that that with that, that, that particular thing is not about us. Yeah, I know it's not about us, but it just it's like it's just it, uh, when the thing happened. Yeah, it profoundly affected me because I at first was like, as a man, I'm like, well, shit, okay, well, that was a nice little run, you know. Like now, now we're done. Like we 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 can't come back from this. Like we yeah. just can't. And then it's like then I, and then as a, a cultural critic, I went. Like, this is just going to, like, lead to, like, an entire, like, two, three, four, five years of, like, these songs, like, paralyzing the ability to, like, create because you're creating from anger. And I think that yeah. speaks to what we're talking about with this I, I, album. Yeah, yeah, Is that you're, you're creating from a place of anger instead of a place of, like, creating a more, like, you know, like unique way of perceiving the issue. Well, which anger works, like, it explains the entire Rage Against the Machine catalog, but also, like, MC5, uh, stuff like that, and it, it works, but it has to be laser 
focused. Like you can't be scattershot with it. Right. It has to be like it has to be like uncomfortably angry. So you have to stay on message, you know, fully on message. Yeah. And you know, you listen to the you know, Bikini Kill Records and right. like fully on message. Like these songs are about creating a space for women in punk rock music and you know, men can listen to it, but that's not their space. You know, right. That are they are fully right. on message. And Margot Price I'm sure she's heard those records, and I like, think she might have. And, and and that's the thing is, you can that message is not the it's it is agnostic of genre. Mm-hmm. You can completely do that in whatever genre you want to. And I think it, what people need to understand, artists need to understand, is that that's a possibility. It's, it's and a- if this is if this was her album to do that, mm. and she didn't like again, she didn't. Go all the way with it. Mm-hmm. It's like then it just yeah. yeah. There's also but there's in. there's a thing that we we we've neglected to mention. I think it's mm. a great nearing final point. Is um this is what happens when privileged people make punk rock. <laughs> yeah, no. Like this is That's exactly fair. what happens when privileged people make punk rock because it's like okay, so all the all the groups we mentioned who are laser focused and on point, like the MC Five, like Bikini Kill. These are all like. People who came into music not from a position of any sort of discernible wealth. <laughs> so that creates a laser focus because you only get one shot. Mm-hmm. Like one chance only to like make the perfect song. Like when you make like kick out the jams, <laughs> there's a reason why there's a motherfucker in there as well. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, I'm going to say this one time. Yep. <laughs> and it's going to be like, kick out the jams, motherfucker. Because that's what it is. You know, like that's that's what you say. Like, and here... Because it's a position of privilege, trying to articulate this punkish sort of thing, <laughs> you you don't have that immediacy. Yeah, like you're willing to like just kind of say whatever because you're like, oh, I'm just kind of whatevering because this isn't really my problem, but I feel a concerted need to say something, and that's when you conflate the women's movement with slavery and mm-hmm. just yeah. you know yeah. things happen. I mean, yeah, uh, I yeah. We got, we got, we got to cut it out because now we're just sort of. But um, again, I, I really want, and I, I think all of us here are, are like on Margot's team. We're like, I'm behind, I'm 100 behind you, her. You got, you got to look. If only because she has the look now. Yeah. Like, she fucked this up, and I got some people that I know. You maybe know the same people. Gonna slide her copy of Ab's album. Mm-hmm. Not so much to understand what Ab's talking about, but to see how it's done. Yes. And if and if you're listening to this one, and like, man, you guys keep what do you, is Ab paying you or something? Like, <laughs> no, not no, at all. no. It's that around. We very genuinely believe this is the way forward in 2017. How you do it? Uh, Aaron Abernathy's dialogue available now. Beabandcamp.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Slider copied that and be like, because at the end of the day, I think, especially now in Trump's America, this all becomes very fluid. Mm-hmm. And so the things that we critiqued and the things that we talked about are important. It's our beliefs, and and I, I don't think they were unique in the in the in that belief. But it doesn't mean it's absolute. And that that that's very important when you're talking about things that intention, whether it lands or not, are trying to do good. Mm-hmm. Is it 
there's no absolutes. It's it's a it's a it's just a measure of efficacy. And this, you know, look, if pay gap changes one person, that's a wild success. <laughs> well, just as a note, fifty two percent of white women voted for Trump. If a few percent of those people who hear the song think, you know, really, I should be paid the same as the white guy down the hallway. That's positive, right? Even if they're white Trump voters, they're not going. They're well. They're, they're couldn't hurt. Yeah, you're you're right. I I don't think they're going to make that jump from like because <laughs> Trump's going to find out about it and tell him, <laughs> tell him like, no, I'm going to pay you like seventy percent more than that. <laughs> you're right. It's I'm just going to sign it. And it's like no opioid crisis. Oh, I'm not giving any money to it though. But yeah. uh, but yeah. So yeah. Um, thank you guys for hanging out. Of course. This yeah. is uh these are uh rapidly turning into I think what twenty eighteen is gonna be. Less album reviews and more uh what type of conversations these albums spark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that this did. Margaret Price's All American Maine. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it clearly sparked uh, some discussion, sparked some some ideas rattling around our head. Hopefully it does for you, and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe you agree with her. Reach out. And tell us. Tell us why we're wrong, if you think we're wrong, or talk to us about we're right. The whole point of this is to keep talking. Uh, insert the old Pink Floyd <laughs> song now. But no, the, really, the whole point of what we do and what musicians do and what artists do is to to promote a dialogue about us as a people. And now it is more important than ever to do that and to open your mouth and, and lend your voice so that we... Uh, don't all get wiped out. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, it's I'm taping this on uh, on Sunday, right before here in America for all international listeners they're going to announce uh, who the indictments are against in Bob Mueller's Russia investigation, and shit's about to get real and get real torn apart. So, and I don't think that in a good way. Uh, so this is like I said, now is is the most important time to. Uh, Stop thinking about doing something and do something. With that, that is our podcast for this Monday. Uh, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. Apple Podcasts is the thing up there. You can leave us a rating or message there. That, that way we know you either love us or loathe us. Uh, you can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, and Stitcher. Uh, you can always listen to us on the site at www.glasses.com. And if you go there, you're going to see the amazing live coverage of Matt Conn and Mauricio Castro, two of the best in the goddamn business. And, man, they successfully uh, bowl me over with what they're doing literally daily. They're out there just about every night. So if you're looking for the best live coverage, not just in Washington, D.C., but I would, I'll say uh, probably on the, at least on the East Coast, maybe even the country, uh, these two guys are fucking killing it, and they are they're amazing. And, uh, and uh, honestly, in some ways, keep me doing this. But um, 
So you can get with that. Uh, thanks to our uh, website provider, Squarespace. They have always been awesome. Go there if you want a website. If you want to just do a podcast or podcast host or Pippa.io, really cool guys, super responsive in the tech help. Basically, it's a it's a, their startup uh, free platform right now uh, to get you in, get your podcast up and rolling. They provide all the tools to host that, get it into iTunes and whatnot. And then so if you have an idea, if you want to, like I was just saying, speak out, say something, do put some good into the world maybe even, uh, you can do that, use them. And uh, they, we've been with them all year, and they are phenomenal. Also, huge thanks to our brother Jamal Gray, otherwise known as Aquatic Gardener. That's his music you hear rolling right now underneath this. Uh, he should have a Nod Champa album coming right now, coming soon, and uh, maybe even a Reaganomics thing. But you can catch him up at Uptown Art House uh, just about every day, I think, here in Washington, D.C. So if you're an artist listening to this and you want to go check it out, uh, we'll put that in the show notes. We have, we have a link to his album, but we, we'll put a thing to Uptown Art House so you can, you can get out there and make your art. Uh, that is Monday's podcast. Coming up this Thursday, uh, a real special conversation, I think, we had with uh, Andrew Coe. He's a representative for an organization called Girls Against, uh, which is all about um, ending sexual harassment and assault in music spaces. Uh, this is uh, obviously you, you guys watch the news, right? Um, a lot of this has come to the head, and I think it's important that we keep it at the forefront. So that uh, you know, this is one of the battles we're fighting. Uh, so we're going to have a great panel there. Andrew, uh, Aaron Frisbee from Fuzz Queen, right here in uh, in Washington D.C. Um, Eduardo, you know him, my friend Marcus K. Dowling, and myself uh, talking about that. And I think it's a another important conversation, and uh, we invite you to. Join us in it. So tune in then. Uh, until then, have a ha- safe and happy Halloween, kids. And uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!